Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. This is your host, Gio Garcia, and today we have a very special guest. He goes by the name of Max Bredos. He's the TV voice of LAFC. Max, welcome to the show. Gio, great to be here. Finally. Finally. We tried to... We finally, we finally got it. We finally got it. Good. You need to know where we're going. We are in a controlled space. We are. Shoulder to shoulder, seated, so we're here. We're locked in. We're here, yeah. We're doing this uh, podcast here. We're also doing a live stream on uh, my Instagram, and we're here at Bank of California a stadium we're going to tour right here on the live yeah. stream so you kind of see feel looks good huh yeah feel looks good we're just a couple hours away from the last uh preseason game for lafc but before we get into lafc i kind of want to dive into your story okay and how you got into like uh sports journalism and all that stuff like from the moment you started and you knew you wanted to start can you kind of kind of share yeah. your story well because i know i was talking to you off air but it's this the industry's changed so much so i mean i my story is going to sound like it came from another era because uh, it, you know, I got started, I moved, I was, I left college, I moved to Los Angeles and, um, I was bouncing around, I was answering phone calls at a lot of jobs and mm-hmm. I got, you know, they're, they're laying people off. I go, Hey, I, you can't work anymore. We're dropping some people. And, uh, so they say, is there anywhere I can point you in the right direction? I go, I want to get into sports. So prime sports was a, a channel at that point. Mm-hmm. I went there and I was answering phone calls and just doing office management there. And then prime sports was bought by Fox and it would become Fox uh, Fox Sports uh, Americas and other stuff. Uh, they have a Spanish channel. And eventually they had all these games on Fox Sports America, all these soccer games. So they said, why don't we do an English version called Fox Sports uh, mm-hmm. World? And I was, I, there was one announcer there, and he did all the commentary. And his name was Kevin Wall. He was great. Mm-hmm. And we had 20 games. He, he was doing like 10 games a day. It was more, maybe not 10, but like 10 or 12 games a weekend. Mm-hmm. And he was like just tired. So there was like Argentinian soccer. I go, can I do that? Can I do that? And the people go, we can't. It's got a Kevin. And then I finally went, I'll do it for free. Kevin's like, take a couple games off my lap. And then uh, I did that. Eventually started getting paid for it. But it was just calling the games off a monitor. And I knew I wanted to do soccer. And this is like the great, the, I mean, this opportunity. Fell. I mean, I, I kind of positioned myself there, but it fell in my lap where I'm just calling games. One game became two games. And then mm-hmm. just calling that there. It was it was fantastic from games all over the world. So it was. Uh, that's how I, I started and just Soccer's always been there along the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done some other sports here and there, but soccer's been the constant since I've been at it since 20, mm-hmm. 21, 22 years. And that's cool. That's that's really great. That I like that you said that you did it for free because a lot of people that I, that I've been able to talk to and I tell them like, look, just pair yourself up with someone that's already been there and done it, or do it for free, and that way you're gonna learn, right? You're, yeah. you've, I mean, you've been, you've reached some of the highest points you can. Have you been with ESPN? Obviously, you're doing now stuff with LAFC. And it's really, I'm glad you really share that because I think more people need to hear that. Yeah, it's look, it's a tough, it's a tough business, and I think you, you can speak on this as well. It's like you've got to get reps, you've got to, you know, you know, do stuff that's swallow, not swallow your pride, but just do stuff that may not be that glamorous and hmm. uh, late nights, sticking around late, long hours, all those things uh, in and around sports. You know, you know, sometimes just working to get an interview, you know, sit in the back of the room and waiting and patiently and just yep. asking and asking and, and you know, all those things that come with it. It's, 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 it's a hard slog and this industry is really competitive now and there's so many different ways to get into it. You got to be really creative and you got to be adept and be able to move and pivot off your feet to do new things. So, uh, it was just different. I mean, that was a very linear time where everything was like on TV and, mm-hmm. um, now with digital and streaming and, and social media there's so many so many options but it's like that's daunting to kind of think of all of that as mm-hmm. well but i've seen a lot of people find success by attacking different uh mediums and mm-hmm. getting in that comfort zone and being able to pump stuff out and getting 
a small following to a big following. So I'm learning too. I mean, I'm in my mid 40s. So I mean, I, I looked at that and I go, this is how we used to do it. But you, you got to look at it even in my age if you want to hit, if you want to hit the finish line at the end. Yeah, yeah. No, and for me, it's just I just kind of dove in and I didn't even know anything about him. Like, what is media? It's what probably are we... the best way to do it, man. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it was because like I like. And, and, not to interrupt you, but that's what I kind of did. It's like I didn't get a lot of training. Mm -hmm. I didn't go through this process of going to different uh, towns and learning. And I regretted a bit where I could do it, but. You just got to launch yourself in and I mean you could do internships and stuff but to get that work experience is second to none it's the only way you're gonna be able to get better at this mm, no definitely and like what I was gonna say is just like sometimes you just got to dive yourself in go go head in first and then just kind of figure out right I I won the competition got to meet you and I was like I, I my, when I won that competition with the thrill and nine I was like I've I kind of researched everybody and I was like okay this is Joe this is pool pool this is Max I was like holy shit, if I win this, like, these guys are going to be my resources and hopefully my friends. Yeah. And that's the way I thought about it. And I was like, I got to I gotta win this. Well, Gio, I mean, look, there's, this is, there's an opportunity to do this. But, uh, I mean, I see you in a lot of these places. And that's why I go, that guy, that guy gets it. Because mm -hmm. if you walk around, you go to an, an NBA game, you, I see you or here and there's places around, there's big, there's big events. I mean, you got to schlep around sometimes. You yeah. Like, oh, no, I see you and I go schlepping. You know what I always see is uh, the one guy, I mean, Jim Hill, who's a legend in LA. Mm. And there's always the, the line on him. It's like, you go to any sporting event, you would see him there. And I go, he's like the top sports anchor in LA. Yeah, yeah. He's there at the Clippers. He's there at the at USC, he's mm. there with the Galaxy, now with LAFC, he's he's at all the places. Yeah, yeah, and I, just kind of be able to kind of bounce around some sports, I kind of see those, I'm like, oh, okay, this is person does this, and that person. For me, it's like, obviously, the hardest thing is to get in, but once you're kind of in, you're in. Yeah, but that, to get through that threshold is, is difficult, but you, you nurture those relationships, and you'll see things change. I, and I, I kind of sensed it, too, because... I was like schlepping around a bit, and then one time you hit there, and I go, I know this person. I know mm -hmm. that someone goes, hey, you know, yeah, I know this person, and um, but that's it. that takes some time too, and that's sometimes you have to go the extra mile, introduce yourself, and so uh, I always tell that to people. I, I when I was at ESPN in, uh, in Connecticut, mm -hmm. um, when I'd get there and new people would come, I'd see them at the desk, I'd hit them in the leg, what are you doing? Yeah. And what? He goes, get up, introduce yourself to yeah. everyone here, tell them who you are, because we're looking at you. And we're, I swear. Who yeah, the heck go, is this go, guy? Go for it. Go for it. This is explicit <laughs> podcast. No worries. By the way, we're looking at the field, and Ken, the Falconer, has got the got the Falcon just training there. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's, so, he's yeah. going around the goal. Is he that is there? pretty cool. Oh, oh he's on the, he he is on top on the of crossbar. That. But uh, that's pretty cool. It's yeah. just little stuff. This is the cool stuff you get to enjoy mm. when you're at the stadium. But uh, just to, I lost my train of thought. But, yeah, it's like just even if you think you're being uh, a nuisance, it's great. Just mm. go, hey, I'm... Matt, hey, I'm Gio. I'm Jimmy Bohannon. I just started here. Uh, mm. Hey, I really enjoy your work, whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, it's, hopefully, it doesn't you take do. a lot. I mean, it's out of out of introducing yourself. What what are the things that aspiring, say, journalists or sportscasters? What do you think they need to do from your point of view? I think uh, I think learning or meeting people and getting out there because that gets you out of your comfort zone. That's really that is hard just mm. to kind of cope because. Like I said, a lot of people you think, and some people are, when they're there, they don't want to be bothered. They want to do their work. But if you can do a quick, very, I always said this is a good way. Um, do research on the people you have to meet. Mm -hmm. So when you go up there and you go, hey, man, I say they're a Dodger fan. Hey, man, I'm the <laughs> Dodgers, man. That was a lot of heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. those kind of things you can talk as opposed to go, hey, I'm so-and-so. You mean, you just kind of, maybe if you can do a little homework on some people then they, and give them that familiarity, people will open up. I, my friend, uh, used to do that. He was so good at it. Like, his, the senior 
Corning producer at ESPN mm-hmm. was a big Jets fan. And okay. he go, oh, man, tough loss for the Jets. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Then he talked to me. You create that, that relationship. That's very difficult. But I'd say the, what, the biggest thing is to learn all the uh, all the software, mm-hmm. all the data, all the stuff that you can use. Because mm-hmm. you set it all up here. You, yeah. you, you're, you've got it. Yeah, I, I kind of had to <laughs> learn I mean, everything. You know, the studio, it looks as good as the people are doing yeah. the TV channels. And, no, definitely. Um. So you do uh, stuff with like MMA and Compact Americas. Can you talk about your love? I, I definitely know your love of passion for uh, soccer, football, whatever you decide to call it. Um, how, when did you get involved with like uh, MMA, UFC, and Compact Americas? Um, I actually, um, I actually uh, was always a fan. I'd watch UFC all the time, and I'd see it proliferate a fair bit. And uh, I, enjoy, I just like watching the fights. There's that, there's, there's excitement, and to be able to announce it was something I wanted to do. Part of it was it was accessible. There was there was a need for people to call MMA, but I never really did it until I did Combate Americas, which is a great company. It is, uh, uh, it's they've empowered Latinos. So I work with guys from Venezuela and Mexico mm-hmm. and Argentina and Chile and Spain, and they're all they're all part of it. And the boss came up and says, "You you guys." You get it done, and they do it, and it's really cool to see that because there's always been this disconnect with Latinos and getting getting these opportunities. This guy's it, you do it, and mm-hmm. pr- proving the point that they can pull it off. But I also, you know, I was uh, uh, when I was at East Penn, I was I was trying to push the MMA there and say, hey, can we get it? And now they have a big deal with UFC. But a few years ago, I was like trying to push. There was smaller companies like Bellator, which is now a bigger mm-hmm. company, trying to get its legs, and I see it. Uh, it's starting to grow in a point. I think 20 years from now, it's. Um, it's gonna it's gonna go through the roof. It's still a niche sport, but mm. um, and now it's you see there's five good. You can see fights at UFC. You can see fights at Bellator. You can see Combate Americas. Um, uh, is it Lee L one or the one from Japan? Uh, Eddie Alvarez is on there, but mm. there's a lot of options. I like that. I mean, mm. it was great when UFC had all the fighters, but now every weekend there's something. There's going something on. So going it on. feels like a year-round sport. Yeah. I mean, kind of like a. Pro wrestling was where you yeah. did it, and then it became like WWE was all the time. But you have these different organizations. I think it's good, but I think every sport and it's good for everyone who wants to get in this industry. Yeah, uh, all that's growing. So boxing has four or five yeah. companies that uh, more opportunities are, yeah, for everybody. And there's same with MMA. Uh, mm. Pro wrestling, I think, is going to really start to grow because WWE is now getting challenged by wrestling. And I, 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 not a, I used to work at WWE briefly, but mm-hmm. you have New Japan. You have this all elite wrestling starting. So. There's opportunities in those sports channels, and they're all looking for coverage. And, you know, we always get caught up like, hey, we want to cover the Super Bowl and the NBA. But these smaller sports, and if you can kind of be the master of domain there, uh, it's important to them. Yeah. So if you if you show up at um, Backyard Wrestling, McGillicuddy's, yeah. and they say, hey, I'm streaming and I'm doing a report for you, they're going to go, that's great. We, we love the extra coverage. So that's yeah. always a – I mean, I got a little sidetracked, but I think that's an advice there. If you find those places mm-hmm. where you can help – and be hands on and make a, a difference, even though it feels a small one. Mm. That's that can really help you get a. No, and that, that you mentioned a great thing. I mean, the before I broke in with the Clippers, I was doing the LA Sparks, and we still cover right. them and do all that stuff. And I was talking to you know a couple of my partners on the team. They're like, "Oh, we don't want to do, we don't want to do Sparks." I'm like, "You don't get it. This right. is our way to get into the NBA. Like right. they like if we're able to show that we can cover the WNBA, the Sparks, you know, go to every game, do what we do, game recaps." That we're gonna leverage that content onto getting hopefully the Clippers or the Lakers. First it was the Clippers, and next step is the Lakers. Yeah. So it's all, it's all that, and I'm glad you kind of talked about that being that person for that league or that thing because I I don't think it people makes you feel good. It does, and they're happy about it mm-hmm. because you're pushing their sport, their brand. I, look, 
if you got a foot in the door with the LA Sparks, you know, I would maintain that relationship yep. forever. That's what we're, yeah. Yeah, you just go and go, hey, how's it going? Can we do this for you? And just do it. If you can pull it off, obviously, if you, if you get to the point in your career where you can do other things, I would always maintain those relationships mm-hmm. and keep them good because if you if you grow and you still have a spot where, hey, LA Sparks, I can still put you on my platforms, then that's going to make them happy. And if you, mm. Making people happy is the key. Yeah. All these little things come together and you, you will feel that and it, it's very fulfilling. Yeah. So now let's, let's move on. Let's get into, let's talk about LAFC. I kind of want to get your thoughts on how the team is looking and what you what you see from the team this preseason. We saw a couple of uh, the, the players, uh, also some of the players that they picked up, some of the defenders. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on the team. That's great. And uh, I think I, the, initially in the offseason, people are waiting for this big shoe to drop of a big signing. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were, the club was pretty straightforward. We made those big signings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our three designated players. And now they can be a little more creative. And during the first season, we brought all these players in. And Bob Bradley kind of said all along, even throughout the season, I think people got frustrated. Like, well, hey, he goes, this is a big, this is a long-term play. Yeah. So guys like Christian Ramirez and Lee Wynn and Dio mm-hmm. now start the season, and these are kind of still you can look at them as new players because mm-hmm. they having half a season they'll never it, you get to see the whole thing. Yeah, they yeah. can't really blossom where they want. But now you have those guys and some really nice moves added on. I mean, it's been great to see the preseason because you know so many these professional teams in any sport you mm-hmm. have these young guys come in. You say you're kind of making up the numbers, but some young players made the team that. We all saw them perform. I'd say uh, uh, Adrian Perez, who's an indoor player, he makes the team because mm-hmm. he's doing the preseason games and yeah. he's doing well. He's scoring goals. And I go, okay, you play well in the preseason. Bob Rice said, if you do well, you'll get it. And yeah, he did. He did. And, and he, now he's a member of the team. Yeah, and he was playing well. He was, I think, for Ontario, like indoor. The Fury, yeah, 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 indoor. And I, I, and I saw that. That's interesting. That's, that's, that works against you. And then you're always oh, an indoor player. But if the coaches are really looking at the team, and these guys are. They have a great coaching staff. Mm-hmm. They see a guy who can deliver. They're going to give them that opportunity. So I, I love that the club it really uh, pushes that, And but they made some nice moves. I think the one thing that I take away now, um, do they have another superstar player to add there? No, but they, mm-hmm. they're deep at every position now. Yeah. They've got two good left backs. They have two good guys they can play right back. They have three really good central force central defenders that they can mm-hmm. move around because this is excited to see how Segura does yeah. Segura, uh, Chef Brewer you know, those guys all that midfield you have mm-hmm. five guys fighting for those three spots and now you have like two strike two strikers in the front three you can have five or six guys that you can put in there so there's going to be injuries there's going to be international duty this is a way to keep uh, mm-hmm. keep your options open and yeah. they have that now yeah no it's exciting also like the signing I think what LAFC really does especially John Thornton and the whole uh, staff is they really like they I, I don't know his wording what he said but they bring players to the city of LA that reflect the city what it is right yeah. so it's we're a melting pot here in LA obviously soccer it's predominantly Hispanic but like you know you saw the signing of Carlos Vela that was a big splash and then now this year uh, Fito Celaya and there's a big Salvadoran community can you kind of talk about that I know you probably had more interactions than I have with uh, John Thornton and the rest of the LAFC um, Team. Yeah, I, they, I think they want those guys to be able to play. But Carlos mm-hmm. Vela is just, uh, he's just like the perfect signing of a guy who mm-hmm. um, is happy here, yeah. who uh, still is uh, plays at a very high level. And that the interest from Barcelona will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're you having that discussion here is, yeah. it's, it's nerve wracking, but it's pretty cool too. And uh, but they got to make sure they can play. And Fito Celaya, I mean, they, look, they're 
part of it's here is because this is the El Salvadoran community is, is yearning for a, mm-hmm. a player in a yeah. big league like Major League Soccer to excel. So that helps that. And now they can out, reach out to the very prominent Salvadoran community that's in Los Angeles and yeah. Southern California. But he needs, if this wants to be a bigger play, it, he, yeah, he's he got to ne- perform. Yeah, he needs to perform. And it's an uphill battle because yeah. he has a lot of guys to compete with. But if you can see it, something he provides differently, then he's you, you just want to see him being active. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know yet. I would like to think that's going to happen, but we've got to get to know him a little bit better. I like the kind of player he is, mm-hmm. but um, it's one thing just being here, but you're not going to fill out the numbers. You need to be able to yeah. perform if you want to stay here. No, definitely. Um, one th- can you talk also about like how I've never seen anything the way LAFC has built this this team in the city. Like People love LAFC like they love the Dodgers, the Lakers, who have been here for decades. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that in a year. It's just like, wow. What, what is your thoughts? You know, I... Well, I, I, I don't know how they did it, but <laughs> I, I drove in and I just see the stadium now. This is really the first time as you ramp up the second season. You think about five years from now, ten mm-hmm. years from now, what it's going to be like. But it's already, yeah. it's kind of there. There's an excitement. You know, people in the city, whether they like soccer or know that LAFC is playing. Mm-hmm. It's it's visible. I mean, I see LAFC. I, I went to get a, I, there's a liquor store. I went to get a six-pack. Mm. And uh, it's a liquor store right by where I am in Redondo, and the guy is there. He's got an LAFC hat. I go, hey, what's your name? He's like Tony. And we're like, all right. So he talked. I, I introduced myself. He goes, oh, yeah. He realized he didn't know. Who I, was. Yeah, yeah. I was like, come on, call <laughs> come on, dude, come on, dude. You don't know who I am. But that's. But then we 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 did that. But it's just so it's prevalent because you know when I covered MLS when it was in diapers. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't even know that it existed, but you know you drive by the the one ten here and mm. you see this stadium all the time. You know it's here. Yeah. And that, it's, it's exciting, too, because it's like they built this team in the heart of L.A. Like, it is. You're here. We're, this is, we, we drive up there, here all the time. Yeah. So it's just part of your life. And this, the stadium here we're just looking at is just it's perfect, right? It's like, what, 22,000 seats. They typically, every home game, what, last year they sold out, right? Yeah. I always give grief. I mean, I, I, what they're doing in Atlanta is great oh, on yeah, the field. Atlanta's... I mean, but I'd much rather come to this stadium every week than... Uh, the seventy thousand seat Mercedes Benz Stadium. It's beautiful. Mm. It's one. It's but it's enclosed and stuff. But this is this is that feel. Yeah. I think where you, I don't want to keep saying like the European feel because this is very Los Angelino mm. in every way. But that the, the soccer experience where you kind of roll up and you can eat and drink on the way yeah. in and bop you're in the game and yeah. then you can go from one side of the stadium to the other in, in two minutes. This is, I, I think, it. this is it's what. So, I, so comfortable. Yeah, I think this is what MLS and like was missing as part of the culture of LA, right? Um, obviously, I don't want to knock the other team uh, across town, but I mean, this is in the heart of LA. This is right there. You're walking this, like you said, you can go grab a hot dog, you can go grab a beer, and okay, let's go to the soccer game. Right yeah. Here. But when, when I see this too, you know, I, my, my mind wanders that this city could probably house another team. Oh, maybe yeah. a different part of town. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe even further out, like Santa Ana, or maybe mm-hmm. in Whittier. And then it's like in big cities in yeah. Europe, like, say, London, where yeah. there's like... Three or four teams in one city. Three or four first divisions. Yeah. Premier League, I think there's six teams in London. You don't have to yeah. reach that, but maybe th- three or four teams because I think there's so much passion for this. And I, I think the competition in the city at some point is going to have to rise because I think someone's going to will see that this is this is this is sports just kind of taking over the city and two teams is great but I mean at one point why not uh, why I've, not a third why I not never a I, I never even thought of that that's I, crazy I that's, when I come here and I go around there I always think oh, is there is this the beginning where this city is just going to be that's, soccer crazy? you're probably onto something there because if you can replicate like I see a lot of teams kind of like. Uh, 
I've seen Cincinnati kind of is replicating somewhat of what yeah. uh, LAFC is doing. But if you can kind of replicate it, build it in within the city, build it in yeah. with the community. And that raises the standard, mm-hmm. I think, of this. And LAFC is going, well, we're going to raise, we're going to double our efforts. And LA Galaxy go, well, we're going to, we're here in the South Bay, we can, or in San Pedro and all that area where we kind of have our fan base. I don't know how it goes. It's good to have the whole city as a fan base. Mm-hmm. It's such a big city they yeah. can, I don't it's great as it is right now. I yeah. mean, who, I mean, it, I, I think about because this is it's yeah. such a comfortable environment. You can have the same environment mm-hmm. in a couple other places around yeah. Los Angeles. And the growth of MLS, obviously, you said you covered it uh, a few back uh, a few years back. Can you talk about just like the MLS and what you've seen? Like, obviously, LAFC, Atlanta United, right? There's more and more teams starting to pop up. Yeah, and uh, I was really excited. Nashville just had their mm-hmm. announcement uh, where they're going to come next season, and you have Miami. I think the South. Where I'm, where I'm from, where I went to school, it's it's really cool because you have Atlanta, Orlando, Nashville, uh, Miami. Am I missing one? I think no, that's it. But that's there was no teams in the Southeast United States. Now there's four, uh, and all these teams raise the standard. You know, you don't you want to in order. There's so many. There's going to be 28 teams here at some point mm-hmm. in order to be a really good team. Uh, and I hope that they they uh, encourage teams to be really good and mm-hmm. in in ways to do that is limit the amount of playoff teams yeah uh so that you teams like lafc and atlanta who really want to push the envelope can always be there and become relevant and teams that are not uh you you're gonna have to adjust if you want to <laughs> keep up with that but yeah. i mean it's not just about spending money on players it's yeah. about really taking care of the club because i think there's so many things about this team that make will will make it even more successful I think if players arrive here, whether they're a DP making whatever five six million dollars or making uh, 150, 200 grand, it's like, I I want to stay here. I yeah, want to wear the course, shirt. Yeah. I want to come to this stadium. The and city, yeah. You protect that, so you see. I want to play for these fans. So uh-huh. uh, it's uh, it's it's something. Look, I, I want to call games here for twenty years. Will I be able to do that? Well, I have to work my butt off to make sure I yeah. stay here. So. No, this is definitely a po- po- uh, cool place. Uh, one last thing. Can you talk about, like, when you do the play-by-play, like, what goes through your mind? Because I've, I've I've never done any play-by-play, but, like, obviously you uh, you got to know the whole roster, different things. Obviously there's five minutes left or there's two minutes left. Can you talk about, like, what's your process of being a play-by-play announcer? I think uh, just be prepared for – you over-prepare. I, I, always, I always tell the guys when you – when you do it and you go home and go, man, I didn't use this, I didn't use this information, This, that's fine. But you don't want to be at a point where there's an important situation. Say Dio scores the hat trick like he did and it was the first one, just to know the significance of that, give it context. So when it happens, instead of just going, oh, it's a hat trick, you go, this is important because of this, this is important because of this, because that's how you serve the audience. So. I mean, you you have to. This I guess the point is that you have to prepare that someone's going to do something spectacular or something bad's going to happen, and you got to give that context, you know, and say whatever it is required. And uh, just the rest, the preparation is hard work. But when you're here at the game, just enjoy it and call it as you see it. Don't rehearse it too much. For me, maybe other people do it, but just do that. So when, but just be prepared enough that mm-hmm. when something happens, you're ready to tell people why it's important. And uh, what it means in the big picture. So I just that's okay. a prep. I go, but I think the two days is like prepare, prepare, prepare. All right. Listen so to every drop of sound. You know what I told <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, you talked to Bob Bradley. Yeah, yeah. You get a, a soundbite. Soundbite yeah. is huge because you don't want to talk on their behalf. You got it. It's got to come from them. Yeah. All right. So with that, can we get a play-by-play like of a Vela score here for the podcast? Oh, come on. But I, I haven't done two days of preparation. That's okay. It's all good. Like, like for example, uh, we I, got. I do need a little practice, but all right. Let's give it a shot. 
Okay. Atuesta wins the ball in midfield, and here comes LAFC, final third, all the way for Rossi. Rossi beats his man. He goes to Latif Plessy. That shot's blocked. Hits up for Carlos Vela. Yes! Vela! Se empataron el partido! There it is, baby. There it is. It's fun. Yeah. I love it. That's the favorite thing I can do in the industry, so... I You're good. I, I love I love your Vela. I love yeah. your Vela. Vela. I like to see... You know, I learned it from was these Argentinian announcers, because I... I would mimic them at the beginning, the guys mm -hmm. in Spanish. So that's where I'd learn it from. And I'd just say you'd sing the – they always sing the game. Mm -hmm. I, if I can do a little bit of that, I enjoy it. Cool. Well, Max, it's been great. Let the people know where they can follow you. All right. So uh, Mbredos ESPN on Twitter, Mbredos on Instagram. Oh, and follow my YouTube page, Max Bredos. I'm trying to do a little more stuff there. I've, I've been inspired by you, for, amongst <laughs> others. So, again, hey, take ownership of your stuff. So that's what I'm trying to do as well. And, uh, yeah, and just if you come out to LAFC games, say hello. I'm around. Mm -hmm. You want to ask me a question, learn what teams I like so you can break the ice. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Of course, that's Max. I'm Gio. Guys, uh, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your music to. You. Listen to this podcast. Also, if you're not Apple uh, listener, make sure to give us a five-star rating and make sure to check us out on social media, Fantasy Sports Cave. Also, check out thefantasysportscape.com. For Max's deal. <laughs> hey, I got to like, plug my stuff. Good for you, man. I was like, man, I better, be, I better, I better pick up So, for Max's deal, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Cheers.